This is Real Estate News with Kathy Fedke. 2020 has been an extremely difficult year for many people and many businesses, but not for the U.S. housing market. While the coronavirus swept across the nation without mercy, infecting millions of people and blowing holes in the economy, the housing market actually got stronger. Let's take a look at where we began the year and where we are now. I'm Kathy Fetke, and this is Real Estate News for Investors. This year began with a strong housing market. There were the typical warnings about an inventory shortage and higher home prices, but mortgage rates were low and there were plenty of buyers. The supply of existing homes was down to about three months, or about half of what it should be. Builders were busy trying to increase that supply, so housing starts surged 20% in January and then 40% in February. Sales were also brisk. The market was headed in an upward direction. Housing Wire described it as the best housing market in years. And then the U.S. was hit by the coronavirus. The WHO declared the pandemic in March and the U.S. economy basically shut down in a state-by-state manner. The stock market tanked and millions of people were suddenly out of work. The pace of home sales stalled at that point, but only because of stay-at-home orders during the early months. Home values weren't affected, though, because fewer people were buying and selling. The National Association of Realtors says existing home sales were down almost 18% in April. New home sales dropped significantly in March and were up slightly in April despite the shutdown. But what we witnessed next in the housing market was stunning. While the rest of the economy floundered, the housing market experienced a sharp V-shaped recovery. Existing home sales were up 21% in June and then 25% in July. New home sales set new records. The annual pace was up almost 14% in June to its highest level in 13 years. That performance was followed by another 14% increase in July. The typical spring home buying season never happened, but when the economy opened up, demand surged for single-family homes. The National Home Rental Council says that the third quarter demand for single-family rentals was robust because families were working and schooling from home. NRHC Executive Director David Howard said, For many Americans, a home is no longer simply a place to live. It's become both a place of business and a place of learning. People also started migrating. Many millennials moved back home with mom and dad for a number of reasons, including the closing of colleges and dorms, the loss of a job, and plain old fear of COVID. The opportunity to work remotely also led to a migration away from crowded, expensive urban areas to quieter, less expensive suburban communities with larger single-family homes and yards so people could go outside and children could play. For many, renting remained the best option because in expensive cities, it's still cheaper to rent a single-family home than to buy one. There has been a surge in demand for single-family rentals. Howard says, even with elevated levels of demand, the average rental rate for single-family homes remains below the average monthly mortgage cost for owner-occupied single-family entry-level homes. CoreLogic data supports that claim. In September, the data shows the median single-family rent increased 2.5% year-over-year, while the median single-family home price increased 7.9%. The inconveniences created by COVID haven't been much of a hindrance to residential real estate. In-person home tours have been heavily curtailed, but 3D tours have taken their place along with technology that allows for remote transactions. According to the National Association of Realtors, This has also sped up the process of searching for a home because it's faster and easier to look at a number of homes quickly online. And when it comes time to do an in-person visit, NARS Jessica Laut says, 
By the third property, they're usually ready to make an offer. But there's still a big elephant in the room for a lot of homeowners and renters. People who have been unable to pay their rent have benefited from eviction moratoriums, and those who couldn't pay their mortgage were able to sign up for forbearance programs if the loans were backed by the U.S. government or Fannie, Freddie, VA, or the FHA. And while those options from the CARES Act have been extended, eventually they will end, and those who took advantage of them will have a pretty big bill to pay. Some will be able to work out loan modifications or payment programs, and others will simply be not able to pay and could face eviction or foreclosure. We just did an extensive webinar on this topic where I interviewed Rick Sharga on Realty Track on when he thinks those foreclosures could hit the market and which cities would be most affected. You can watch that for free at realwealthnetwork.com. Just click on the Learn tab and look for webinars. That one's called Will the Housing Market Crash? Now, hopefully, there will be more help for landlords who have been prohibited from evicting non paying tenants and have gone without the income they need to operate. The latest stimulus package offers some help for housing providers. It includes $25 billion to help struggling tenants pay their rent. Individual states may be offering help as well, such as Oregon's Landlord Compensation Fund, although it falls pretty short. In order to receive help, landlords must forgive 20% of any rent that's owed. Although some landlords are suffering this fate, overall rent collection has been close to normal because American consumers don't want to lose their homes, not during a pandemic. Government stimulus programs have also helped prop up the economy and record low mortgage rates are just too good to resist when it comes to buying or refinancing. And those of us who focus on single-family home rentals are busier than ever. Rental applications are at record highs, and rents are even increasing in high-demand areas as more and more people exit the big cities and enter the suburbs, where they can have more space for all of life's activities that now happen at home. According to Redfin's Daryl Fairweather, The housing market has done incredibly well during this pandemic-driven recession. With vaccines now in distribution and new therapeutics showing great results, the pandemic could be soon over. And for many people, that moment can't come soon enough. And at the same time, the pause has been really good for a lot of people. I personally have thoroughly enjoyed finally spending time at home rather than half of my time on airplanes, hotels, and Ubers. I've been able to connect more with my family and my garden. Yet, I still get to have those business meetings and speaking engagements. They're just from the comfort of my home office on Zoom. And yep, I did invest in more flannel pajamas for that purpose. But I'm one of the lucky ones, and I realize that. Our business is deemed essential, while other businesses that seem pretty essential have not been treated that way. So if you've lost your job or your business and you're struggling to feed your family, please reach out to us so we can help. Just reach out to Tanya at realwealth.com. That's T-O-N-Y-A. And with that, have a very, very happy new year. And I look forward to a positive 2021. I'm Kathy Fetke, and thanks so much for joining me here on Real Estate News for Investors. You can get access to a lot of free education and information and referrals to some of the best property managers in the country who can help you find and manage investment property. Again, you can check that out at newsforinvestors.com. 